five, four, three, two, one. Stole that from Joe Rogan. What's going on, everybody? We're back. Episode four. Season one, episode four. I've had this idea in the shower that we should do seasons every ten episodes. Things change, get better. I don't know. Thinking about it. Season it's been a month now. Episode four, yeah. No, we've been grinding. Yeah. Grind no stop. What's been going on has in life? It, it has been a month. Four weeks, one per week. What's been going on in my, in my life? You want to get personal right away? Is that what we're doing? I mean, I was going more basketball. But basketball? We're about to play our we first We can get game. personal, too. We can I don't want to cry. <laughs> I'm lying. Um, personally, we are gearing up for game one. Ah, not game one. It's a charity exhibition against Duquesne. So... My life is uh, finally getting a little bit less monotonous because those first three weeks, you know, when you're getting ready to not play anybody and you're just going against each other and all of a sudden everybody knows what you're about to do. It's just kind of like the way of the first few weeks of any basketball team, especially at this level, gets tough. But we're getting ready. Friday we played Duquesne and next Saturday is our home opener against Akron. So that's what's going on in my life. Guys, it's next Saturday. No, next Saturday. Yeah. You're playing. The, you're playing the ninth. No, you play the eighth. Next Saturday is our home opener against Akron. I think she might be right on this one. No, you play the eighth. What are you talking about? You we play, play next football. Saturday. We play football. The we ninth. play football on the ninth. And I don't think they do the same. The I'm playing in both games. <laughs> like Nate Robinson, who you're going to hear from later. That's an amazing segue. Bang. Yes. Nate Robinson yeah. played both sports. Actually, like, it sounded like pretty much everything. Like, if he just drove by a field and they were playing soccer, he was like, Mom, let me out. I'm going to practice. No, that's but sweet. That, that's a, you know, this is a great interview today. We talked to a guy who really passionate about, you know, uh, obviously just sports in general. Uh, he played them all, and he decided, ah, I'll just do this basketball thing and end up a, you know, possible Hall of Famer. Anyways. Did you see the Joker? I didn't. All right, I my question's blown then. Dude, you got to go Am I a fake movie. Joker fan? Because I love the Joker. Yeah, you post about it Joker. all the time. I know. I like the Heath Ledger Joker the best. And I'm not sure if yeah, I want. I feel like I'm cheating. Not rip, rip in peace. Rip in peace. Uh, let's take a trip around the league real quick. Zion out six to eight weeks with a torn meniscus. Um, me and Zion are very similar athletes. Yes, sir. We jump, we jump about the same height. Our builds are similar. And he tore his meniscus just like I tore my meniscus. I don't understand, you know, anybody's argument against the fact that because of both tearing our meniscuses, we're pretty much the same player. Parallels are they're uncanny. Uncanny. Yeah. But that does suck. Uh, it sucks for the league. It sucks for Zion. Uh, you know, really – Hoping nothing uh, but the best for him uh, and, and prayers up for him and, and everything that he's going to go through for these next few weeks. Not sure if he's going to come back this season because he is, you know, a number one overall pick. Probably, you know, the most touted college athlete since LeBron. I think we've all come to that consensus. Six to eight weeks out for him. Hate to see that. Definitely was going to be the rookie of the year. I'm not putting him out of the discussion because that man could come back for like 12 games in the playoffs 
Well, they, they make that decision before. I'm not sure. I'm not all. I'm saying he doesn't have to be around for a long time for people to still be like, yeah, he deserves rookie of the year. Even after this meniscus tear, if he does decide to come back. Otherwise, everybody in the next draft class is screwed because he'll be the Ben Simmons of the next draft class and landslide rookie of the year next year. One way or another, I think he's getting that trophy. Um, this year, if he's not coming back, I'm biased as hell. I've always been that uh, with, with basketball and my guys who I kind of came up with or know or have a connection with. My pick for rookie of the year, especially after last night's 29-point performance, Tyler Hero for the Heat. I was going to bring him up. He's killing it. Killing it. Absolutely killing it. The, I mean, I'm sitting down watching him, and, and it's you know kind of insane seeing the lifestyle. <laughs> Alex is behind the camera doing the money man's out. But, yeah, Tyler's life has changed immensely. But one thing hasn't changed, he's getting buckets. <laughs> That's you can see it in his eyes. You know, as a as a basketball player, everybody's got a role. Tyler knows his role on any team, and that's just to go put the ball in that uh, orange ring up there, and he does it really well. Uh, Trey Young, thirty-seven, nine, and seven. Uh, that's his averages. So he did that like multiple times. If we didn't put that together. One uh, player of the week, not ro- not anything other than just player of the week in the NBA, uh, which is not too bad, I guess. Uh, he did sprain his ankle. Once again, a lot of stuff going on around the league. hope that uh, isn't serious, which it doesn't sound like. Is Kawhi the new king of L.A.? No. Dude, AD is the new Absolutely. king of L.A. Oh. LeBron's still the king of L.A. LeBron is still the king of this league. And to be honest, like we do the – never mind. I'm not even going to get into that debate. I still think LeBron is the king of L.A. and the king of the NBA. Me too. For a lot of different reasons. Kawhi, my favorite part about Kawhi is that he's, he's taking on this like Terminator persona of like just being straight-faced, just killer, does his job. Uh, I read a tweet that was like, uh, it was last year, I think it went around, and it was Kawhi is the kind of NBA player that goes for a triple-double and then goes home and sits quietly at the kitchen table and eats his dinner and nobody knows he plays in the league. That's Kawhi in a nutshell, and I love him to death for that because that is what we need you know, more of in the league and in basketball in general. Halloween is upon us. Gardner Minshew. Gardner Minshew made a return. My mustache made a return. My mom hated it. Girlfriend hated it. Girlfriend also drew it on me, though, so she can't really be that mad. I was Gardner Minshew for Halloween. Uh, any of you who were Gardner Minshew and had the same have the same mind as me, please send me pictures because I got to see it. Uh, shoot those on my DM, uh, and we'll do a little side-by-side because I got to do that again. I did it last weekend. College is weird. They just like, oh, holiday. Let's just do it two weekends right around the actual holiday. So I'll be doing it again this weekend after we play Duquesne on Friday uh, and would love to see you guys' take on that. With that being said, that wraps up what's new. That wraps up my week in review. And now, as I mentioned a little bit earlier, we have a phenomenal guest on today. Uh, You know, he is one of the most vibrant personalities in NBA history. Uh, You guys know him. If you don't know him, go look him up. You're crazy. 
Uh, Nate Robinson is a three-time dunk champion and a whole lot of highlights to go along with that. So with that being said, let me shut up and let's let you guys listen to a very insightful person uh, and an awesome basketball player and father, uh, Nate Robinson. All right, everybody. Like we talked about earlier, we have one of the, you know, arguably pound for pound uh, best point guards to ever play the game of basketball. Nate Robinson joins us on the show. Nate, how you doing? For having me, bro. That's, this, is, this, is, this is big time. No, no doubt. This is big time on our end. You got me nervous over here. I'm, I'm running from practice. Bro, I told you, <laughs> you're all good. You're no, all man. Good, man. I, I appreciate you, uh, you um, coming on the show. You are our first pro. I don't know what that means to you, but you are our first professional basketball player on the Jordan McKay podcast. So thanks again, uh, and we're just gonna jump right into it today. I'm gonna try to do a lot, lot less talking. Uh, I heard you got your son in the car with you right now. Is that true? Uh, chilling. I'm about to take him to football practice in a minute. Got- I just took him for took him for some lunch before he had practice. Got you. Where, where are you guys at right now? Where are you living? Uh, out of Washington right now. Uh, my son attends uh, Rainier Beach High School. I say one of the best high schools in the country. We produce some of the uh, you know top scoring point guards that you've probably seen in the league thus far. Mm-hmm. Uh, and Jamal Crawford, Jante Murray, Kevin Porter, myself, Terrence Williams. Uh, Doug Christie, we have a lot of guys representing Seattle well, so uh, we're chilling, about to go to his high school, and he has football. He's got football, so I don't know, uh, well, I doubt you knew this, because I was in fifth, I want to say fifth grade, yeah, fifth grade, we moved out to Seattle, me and my family, so I I know all about the guys you just ran down the list of, Um, I went to a school out there, I lived in Issaquah, uh, just east, just east of the city. Okay, nice. Yeah. Uh, so I played for I played for Rotary, uh, Daryl Hennings, um, Coach Drow. I played for those guys. Um, yeah. So y- you saying Rainier Beach High School? Some people that may not know, uh, you know exactly where that is and what they're all about. A lot of people, you know, should know Dejounte Murray. I think probably as of late, probably the biggest name. They got a lot of guys in in the program right now that are elite, but DeJounte Murray for the Spurs, who just signed a big uh, contract. Uh, he, he's out of Rainier Beach, and, and there's a list of guys. Uh, but that's awesome. So that's what you've been up to, huh? Just you're hanging out in Seattle? Yeah. Uh, you know, working out with my sons and my daughter and just trying to be the best dad and uh, the best mentor to these guys that I can. You know, it's, it's fun. It's challenging every day. They – they go through kind of what, you know, my life was and having dreams and making it and, you know, going through your first practices and football and, you know, getting to know your friends at school. Like, he gets to go through all that experience, you know, on his own. It's kind of cool, you know, to kind of watch him go through it and figure it out for himself. How's the uh, – how's that transition been? Because you talk about it now and you are you are a family man, but people who, you know, think of Nate Robinson – you know, the the list of all the things you've accomplished on the basketball court go through their head. But now for you to make that transition, how, how is that? You know, what's what's different about that and, and how'd you handle all that? Because how many how many uh, uh, sons, daughters do you have for people who don't know? I have three sons and one daughter. Gotcha. Uh, a 15 year old, a 13 year old, a 10 year old and a four year old. Wow. So you're busy. Look at my little my little crew, uh, you know, they. They, they go hard. 
I, I got you. And your 15-year-old's with you right now, right, going to Rainier Beach yeah. this year? Namir. Namir. Got it. Yeah, no, I, I had uh, read through some stuff and then and watched a little bit on him, and that's that's great to see, you know, everything that's going on with you and your transition. Uh, but let's let's rewind a little bit. Now you're your your dad uh but you know there was a time like we said where you know you were just you know a dog on the court and and people you know watched you because of that uh and you know i say dog but uh would you consider yourself an underdog is that a is that a thing that you would some people don't like i mean that's that's my that's my but that's my life my life has been there from you know day one i was a kid from seattle washington bro uh just a quick story i wasn't supposed to make it bro i played three sports my whole life why some guys only play one. Yeah. Why they put all their time in one sport, you know, Matt, thinking that this is the sport that's going to carry you, you know, to, to the promised land or where you, you know, where you want to go, your pinnacle. So for me, I just, I use all my sports to help me, you know, sport that I was going to pick. I think all my sports helped me into choosing, you know, the right. Yeah, that, that's, an, that's an interesting point because you talk and you bring up, the whole specialization, you know, and you hear it all the time, kids growing up, you know, and you being a dad and having your kids to kind of, you know, guide through some of these times uh, where kids, most kids, I would venture to guess more than 80% of kids by the time they're in about like, by the time they hit high school have picked or, you know, selected one sport that they want to specialize in. Do you think you think so you think that helped you not doing that going the opposite route where you were just kind of you playing everything and, and different sports helped in different areas? For me, this is for me. I didn't want to make basketball a job for me. It wasn't something that I forced myself that I had to do. Right. It was a choice. Like I wanted to play. I wanted to play these sports. So you know, the sport, like and and actually playing and being an underdog, it just pushed you you know, well, what you, you know, what you really can do and what, and who you really are. Gotcha. So when, when did you realize, what point did you hit when you realized, all right, basketballs, this is, this is for me. Take me through a little bit of that transition from your, your high school to, to college. Cause at, at that point is when you got no choice. It's time to make a decision, which way you're going to go. Who was, who was kind of impactful that way? Father, my mother was, but when when I chose, to, like I went to football, I went to UW on a football scholarship. I don't know if you remember. Really? I didn't. So I was I was a football player. So I was in Seattle, Washington. I got Mr. Football in our in our state as running a, back and yep, running back, receiver. I played every position, defense. Then I got Mr. Basketball. So I literally won Mr. Football and Mr. Basketball in the state of Washington, and went to University of Washington on a football scholarship. My dad went to UW. He's the uh, first Orange Bowl and Rose Bowl MVP. Nobody's ever won the MVP in the Orange Bowl and the Rose Bowl. My dad's the only man in the world to ever do that. So at, when I, I went to UW because he was there. Yeah. So kind of like a traditional thing. Like, you know, I wanted to set I – wanted, I wanted my own path. I didn't want to go the football route. Once they fired Coach Rick Neuheisel, uh, my football coach who got me to even play football, he wanted me to do both. He said master it all. He wasn't mm-hmm. a coach to be like, like, only play football. He wanted me to play baseball and soccer. He said, be the first person that can make it a professional, uh, in a professional sport in any sport he chooses. So I was like, wow, I didn't even look at it like that. So I continued to play football for that for my first year. And then when they fired him, it just took – it just made me feel like, all right, this is my sign for picking basketball. People say I can't do it. I get a fresh start. I can pick one sport. 
And I said, why not basketball? And I just really wanted to show people that I could have made it, you know, in hoop just as much as they said I was going to make it in football. So those were your two main ones, basketball, football. Got you. And, and you were originally, you had committed to UW. You went there on, on football scholarship and then decided after the coach left that you were going to switch it up and, and play basketball. I on the basketball team and ended up starting as a freshman. Um, averaged like 13 points a game. Coming off of football, so I was doing two sports at once. I would go to football practice. We played in the bowl. Like, we had bowl games and stuff. Uh, we made it to the Sun Bowl or something, and I would practice during football. I would practice football, and I would practice basketball at night. So when I got done playing practice and football, I would go straight to the basketball court, give myself change. I'll be late to practice, but whatever I could get in, I was in the gym getting it in, you know, learning the plays, getting shots up, doing both sports during but one that, time in college. Yeah, I mean, a lot of people, to me, as, as a college basketball player now, I mean, I think that's, you know, insane because everybody loves to talk like, oh, I don't, I don't have enough time in my day or I don't have enough, you know, time to do this or do that or <laughs> you, you, you have the time and, and you can make yeah. the time like you just, you just proved. But you also probably were doing that all the way up, coming up, doing basketball, baseball, football, soccer, anything. You were just constantly moving from one thing to the next. So if I was to play football, it would help me with my footwork, my being physical. That would help me on the basketball court by not being yeah. afraid to take a screen, to set a screen, to bump a guy, go up and struggle, go up strong. You know, it all helped. I ran track too. So that worked on my endurance. I was always in shape more than guys. Some guys were in the gym huffing and puffing. I was standing up, picking up full court. Like yeah. my motor was just different because I was just so built on doing the same thing over and over and playing three sports my whole life. It just made me just, I think it gave me a, a kind of like a, a one up on everybody else because I was putting in the work in three different sports. I was never stopping. I wasn't, I, you know, I was always on the go, going to the next sport, next thing, learning the new things. I think that helped me playing and picking my sport of basketball. Like it, 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 it molded me into a basketball player is having all three of those sports molded me into the sport I pick. That's, that's, in, that's incredible. Um, so let's talk a little bit about your journey, uh, you know, finishing up in the, in the NBA with basketball. Um, you know, you obviously talked a little bit about your injury, but what are some of, you know, your favorite moments from, from the NBA? What happened draft night? That's my question. Man, I had my draft night. I can remember. It's funny. I had my son, my son, Namir was there. He was on my draft. I have a picture uh, with me and all my friends at my mom's house uh, in the South side of Seattle yeah. where I grew up. And, you know, like, I felt like, you know, when I did all my workouts for all my teams, I think I worked out for like 23 NBA teams. And uh, I remember when I came home, you know, the draft was the next day. And I was like, I know I'm not going to be one of the, you know, the carpet guy, the, the guy that gets to walk up with the commissioner. But I was like, I wanted to share that moment with my family. And it was, it was heck of dope. Like we had hella fun. We all ate, you know, we do like a little barbecue. And when, uh, when my name got called as the 21st pick, you know, the whole, you know, everybody, it's like, it wasn't just, I made it, you know what I'm saying? Like hard work from each one. My mom taking me to practice every day, you know what I'm saying? Grinding three jobs, you know, making sure that we can get here and there. Uh, grandma's coming to the games, people supporting you, helping you with different things. Like your whole family is shaping you to be this person that you know who you are, but it just takes, everybody takes a village. Right. To help you, uh, you know, reach, you know, the pinnacle. So on draft night, I have my son in my arms celebrating like it was just 
you know, the accomplishment. It was like, you know what I'm saying? Like, this is what your hard work gets you. It wasn't given. Right. You know what I'm saying? Like, mine wasn't given. They told me, I, I, I remember, he's too small. I remember what it said on my board. It said it was too small, uh, not a true point guard. Um, uh, pick and rolls. It was a whole bunch of other things, man. And I just used it all. Like, if I'm here, and this is what they're saying about me, and I'm already, I made it here, okay, what can they say more? I wanted them to say, like, what's the next thing they said they can't do? I try to go out and do it. Never been a three-time sand dunk champion. I was the first one to ever do it. And that's just off a wheel and just trying to show people that I can do whatever, put me against whoever. I just want to win. I want to show them that I can be, you know, the one of the dopest persons to ever play the game, one of the dopest right. players ever. And he's a little dude. Who would have who, like, who thought? You know what I'm saying? Right. So that's how I can I just carry myself and lost myself in the game. You got you got a favorite moment? I don't I mean any of the three dunk championships I'm assuming has got to be up there. But you got a favorite moment from your career? Definitely hitting the game-winning shot over Allen Iverson. Right. I think that, for me, because he was such a childhood hero to me, like growing up, you know, I wanted to have the tats, I had the braids. I had what I made my own sleeve when I was a kid, bro. Like, I, you know, I wanted to be like AI, like, yeah. <laughs> like for real. So yeah. the opportunity that I got to play against him, and watching him go for like 42 or 47, he had something crazy that night too. And to hit the game when it shot over your idol, like somebody that you just like wanted to be like, you studied this game. It was just, it was so real. It was, it was unbelievable. It's still like, it still give me chills talking about it today. Man, that's, that's incredible. I mean, AI looking up to Jordan, he crosses Jordan, hits a shot over him and, you grow up watching AI and, and hit a game winner over him. It's uh yeah, no, I guess that does take the cake over any any dunk championship or anything like that. Cause I was gonna ask you who you looked up to, you know, growing up. Uh, but you know, you talking about AI makes makes complete sense. Uh, because he was somebody who, you know, didn't, you know, pass the eye test. Uh, you know, and I'm sure you've heard that a lot and and obviously uh you know, proved a lot of people wrong in that. Now, for me, the reason I, you know, kind of created this whole thing in this show is part of it's selfish. I'm always trying to trying to learn, um, and especially from you know a point guard who is a is a true competitor. Is there anything you would do differently? And I, I know uh, there's going to be kids watching this who need to understand that that's a big time question for people who have gotten to a level of su success they want to reach is trying to take the best, but also asking that question. Anything you would have done differently, you know, coming up, or or do you believe that the route you took and everybody's kind of got their own their own fate and setup, or is there anything you would have changed? I wouldn't want to say I would change anything, but for me, mine would totally have nothing to do with basketball. I wish I would have had a chance to rewind time to go pick football to see how far I would have made it and mm -hmm. see how my life would have been 12 years in the NFL or whatever the 12 year span was. So that'd be pretty cool to, you know, to go back and look at that. Basketball, I think I've done and I gave what God intended me to give to the people to, you know, or to the world to show them what I could do as this little guy. That's why, that was my stint. You know, nothing more, I'm good, I have fun. I play in the big three now. So it's like a whole nother realm, uh, you know, to, to keep playing ball. Cause I love hoop. I just, I play basketball every day. Like I hoop today. Uh, with Kelsey Plum. Yeah, no, that that's that's unreal. How do you? What's the big three all about? You like that? 
the big three, you know, obviously it's a transition. It's a little different. Right. It's a different transition. It's fun. Ice Cube. Um, like, this is the first, like, playing in this big three league was the first time I felt accepted for who I was. Right. And not being judged on is he too short or is he too loud or uh, what type of player is he. They just let you be yourself. And that's one thing I respect about Cube in that league. And all the guys that play in it, like we're all homies. We come to win. We come to compete. And it's and, it, and it's all love the whole time, you know, while we're at the big three. Like all the fans that enter the interaction with the fans is heck yeah. it's it's more personal. It's not yeah. so it's not so you know, monitored where, you know, people have to, you know, judge it. It's 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 really free where people can love on a, like love their player and watch them hoop and we yeah. all be a part of one one weekend. It's lit. No, that that's awesome because you, you did say, I think, you know, and for whatever reason, that's the culture now of basketball is they want to take every player and, you know, based on what they look like or how they play, they want to kind of fit them into this mold of, you know, do this or do that. And obviously you never took to that. And that's why, you know, you're as iconic as you are. And the big three, like you said, um, and I've watched, uh, you know, quite a bit of it. And I think it's, you know, you hit it on the head. They let guys if you who if you who and if you're you come who come come play. Yeah. We're I not mean, on the extra yeah, we're not on the politics and all the other kinds of it's a, it's we, one we of know most, guys that who yeah, pure forms of basketball, I think, right now. And people were, you know, questioning it early on, but there is no questions anymore. Uh with that being to said find new people too. Huh? Find new people. I said you get to find new people in the big three like Frank Nitty, who right. came in and showed, you know, oh. that you know, he like he belongs. Yeah. Think he play in the league right now? I think Frank Nitty can, yeah. I think he can. I think because one, he has he has the heart and the passion. Uh, I, I see myself in him and I see uh uh Pat Beverly, uh his mode of his tenacity and how his heart and hustle. Like I see that in uh in uh in, oh, uh, yeah. in Frank Nitty. Yeah, for sure. I've seen the videos as well as millions of other people. Uh and and there are guys like that who are taking the big three format and you know, exploiting it for the better. Uh, so that's awesome. If you guys haven't checked that out, make sure to go watch it. Um, Nate, we got about two and a half minutes left here. What's next for you? What are you? Uh, what are you up to? You got anything in the works? I see you play two K. Is that true? One of my one of my boys from Seattle told me that. Yeah, I play. I play two K, man. I'll be on there raging, man. The kids <laughs> that, be hot. The fourteen year old, fifteen year old kids around the world that be cheat coding. Yeah, they be <laughs> pissing me off, but it's fun, bro. It's it's, it's a whole other world. Can your can your can your boy right there? Can he beat you in two K? He think he can. He said yeah, but I don't think he can. If, if I got my my three homies and played his three homies, what's great then? I was the internet needs to see that for sure. The internet needs to see that. We so. need to play. I might I might have to stream that one. <laughs> I love it. Anything else though? Anything else you're you're working towards? You? No, nah, I mean I have a couple shows that I'm doing. I got uh me and Carlos Boozer. We're doing uh we're starting to hold that clothing line. Uh, I might I do a show with the Players Tribune called House Guests. Uh, that I'm previously uh, filming right now. We're shooting, you know, the next episode's coming up. But we've done Rick Ross. We've uh, we shoot with uh, Tony Hawk, Kerry Walsh. Awesome. Uh, just a lot of greats, man. Uh, James Johnson, just different people, and just seeing their world and their life. Uh, the newest one we just uh, went and uh, captured was uh, Drew Gooden. He has one of the dopest houses I've ever seen. I love it. I love it. That's awesome, man. Nate, I appreciate you. I appreciate you coming on. All right, folks, that was Nate Robinson and his son chilling out in the car before his football practice. 
Uh, obviously, a lot of really insightful things from him. Appreciate Nate um, for jumping on with us here. Uh, and with that being said, we're going to wrap up this week uh, with a little fan love, um, which is any submitted questions from you guys. And we need more. We need more. There's a lot of stuff um, that we talked about this episode, and there should be a lot of questions that you have. I got a lot of questions about what's going on in the NBA or just what you're doing in life. Come hang out with me. Talk to me. What's up? Not actually hang out with me unless you're from Morgantown and swing on by the facility, knock on the doors, and we'll work out or something. We'll play one-on-one. I'm throwing stuff out there. Fan love. Here we go. Final segment of the night. If you have questions about anything I just said before, please submit them to any of my socials. I'm not great at responding to those. I'm trying to get better, folks, Um, and upping my social game. Not great at it. Would love if somebody else would run my stuff. That'd be great, but that's not going to happen right now. Submit them to my socials if you got questions. If not, submit them to a place where more qualified people will check on them and put them in our outlines each week at the end of the show. And that can be found at askjordan at itsovertime.com. I remembered that. I'm proud of myself. Pat on the back. We're getting better. Once again, that is Ask Jordan. <laughs> I almost botched it. That's askjordan at itsovertime.com. I'm not reading that off anything. I remember that whole email address by myself. Crazy, I know. And here we go, week four, episode four, season one, season one, episode four, whatever. Submitted by at DGPC7 on Instagram. Uh, What's your goal for this basketball season? Win a national title. If that's not your goal, uh, you're way behind the curve. That's got to be something that, I mean, you don't get into anything and when we're talking about this question, what's your goals for this season? I think about you're way behind the curve if you're not shooting for the ultimate level of success in any realm. It doesn't have to be basketball. For me, the NCAA, Division One college basketball, ultimate goal for any team is to win a national title. Most coveted you know, prize or, or achievement that anybody can, ten, can shoot for. So be where your feet are. Try to be the best at whatever it may be and outwork everybody. Everything else will fall in the line. I don't know if that answered your question. Simple answer, national title. That's the goal. Second question submitted by at e.t345 on Instagram. Who will have a better career, Zion or LaMelo? You guys love Zion and LaMelo, and I don't blame you. They're very fun you know, personalities, people to follow. It's interesting to see because uh, you, you see LaMelo Ball doing something that's uncanny. And it's an 18-year-old, well, at least for people from the U.S. Because overseas, these kids come up at 16. Like Doncic was playing in his pro club at like 16, I believe. I might be making stuff up a little bit. But what's crazy is the United States has put a precedent on athleticism. LaMelo... Grew into this six foot six, six foot seven frame, and is freaky athletic. And everybody in the U.S. was like, "This kid is the next, you know, big thing." And they're right. 
And the reason I know that, and the reason I know he's going to find success at the next level being the NBA is because he went over to Australia playing in the, the NBL, the National Basketball League over there. And if you don't know about that, we need to talk a little bit about it because the NBL is extremely high-level basketball. These are players who have either played in the NBA, um, uh, nearly played in the NBA. Uh, I know guys who, if they weren't getting you know, in the offseason, would actually go over there depending on their contract situation. Uh, these are high-level guys who play really, really sound basketball, um, and it's not all really based on athleticism. Some of the best Australian players, Matt Delvadova, shout out to Delhi. It's a guy that I need to you know continue to watch more of because when it comes to frame, athletic set, and all that stuff, uh, I probably resemble him more than anybody else. He comes over from Australia, being the most hard-nosed and skilled basketball player you know that came out of his area so that means in in australian basketball leagues that is what is very important it's fundamental it's hard nose um guys play extremely hard uh and Lamelo's over there putting up numbers so do i think he'll be better than zion have a better career than zion so many things can happen um you know we're hoping zion makes a, a swift recovery uh from his meniscus tear but you know stuff like that Pray to God it doesn't happen, but injuries do happen. Things can go one way or another. I think all said and done, I don't know. It's hard to answer some of these questions because we talked about what your goal should be. My goal is to play in the NBA. So if I go and pick one right now and then got to go face-to-face with one of these guys, I'm not going to want to see the one I didn't pick. So I don't know. But it's a great talking Answer, point. Answer, Jordan McCabe. <laughs> Insert. Zion, Lamella, Jordan, Jordan we McCabe. talked about that. On my, yeah, I don't even know how I get in that conversation. But anyways, I'm not going to give you an answer on that one. I know you hate me for it, but I'm sorry. Hope you understand why. Third question submitted by Lambox on IG. Um, hi, Jordan. How do you get in the right mindset before a game? Uh, I've put in the time... And I know every time going into a game that I'm fully prepared. Uh, Every night we play is a test. And those of you in school right now, you're studying or you're not studying. And when that day of the test comes, you know very well when you sit down and they lay the paper in front of you whether or not you're prepared or not. So my mindset before a game is trying to kind of self-talk that I've done the things and everything in my, you know, capabilities to prepare for this uh and that kind of helps bring my arousal level which is normally super high uh you get those butterflies and stuff and bring it back to where you perform the best at which most people do is kind of right in the in the middle um where you're you're thinking clearly and not all amped up uh but you're not too low as well uh submitted by Jaden durse one on ig uh could you beat tyler hero one v one me and Tyler grew up together. We didn't play a whole lot of one-on-one. Um, but to answer your question, if you've seen the Rocky movies, so when Rocky fights Apollo in that back room and they close the doors and nobody sees who, who won that match, the tiebreaker, that's what me and Ty did and nobody's ever allowed to know. Next question. <laughs> submitted by <laughs> submitted by Sharif, 3900 IG. What's the most difficult thing that has come your way and how did you overcome it? Um, 
most difficult thing that I had to overcome and still kind of, you know, fight to this day is not necessarily what Nate was talking about. He had a different form of what it means to be an underdog. Um, I find it hard to call myself that just because people will be like, well, you came up with a lot of notoriety. Uh, but for me, the biggest thing I had to overcome, and I talk about it all the time, is that I was just this kind of performer or dribbling act or whatever you want to call it, and I couldn't actually play basketball, which my passion is the game of basketball, not one small part of it, which is dribbling. Yeah, I can do some things that other people can't, but that was just because I'm a little bit psychotic when it comes to training and doing different things, and I work on stuff that other people simply don't, thus allowing me to do some things that people don't. But I look at basketball as a whole, and um, I don't like I, I see it more as like an art of war. So when you're watching two teams, because it can be you know used in that analogy, two teams fighting for a win, and you you watch the d- different dynamics that go about during a game, um, and then you look at team dynamics, you look at you know individuals, and then you look at how point guards kind of see all of that as a whole. Um, in order to get people in the positions where they need to be over the course of a game to win. Super, super complex. Hugs always says this. Basketball is really difficult, but not because it's difficult in the little things. Basketball is difficult because you do a very simple thing, like dribble it, bounce it, and then you do another very simple thing, pass it, and then they do a simple thing, shoot it. If they were one on zero, it's simple, right? And then you do a bunch of different simple things in a very rapid sequence. That's what makes it difficult. So there's a lot of different components to the game. Uh, The hardest thing for me was to make people realize, and, you know, success generally makes people realize that uh, because if you're just a dribbler, you're not going to, you know, accomplish the things that you want to and we're talking about a national championship right now so if I feel like I can do that or you know get us moving in that direction uh, then people understand that I do have an obsession with this game and not only one small piece of it that's what I've had to overcome and I think that will be more and more common especially with Instagram and YouTube and all this stuff uh, because kids are going to do one thing very well and it's going to be really cool. And then people are going to label him. This is what he does. All right. So that is everything for this week. All right. We try to also leave you with a little something in terms of motivation. Uh, <laughs> beat the sun and grind. T-T-S-A-G. Right. How to get on Jordan's Instagram story. How to get on Jordan's Instagram story. You get up at <laughs> 5 a.m. and you go to the gym. Right. Making people's lives better. There you go. Yeah, if that's what I can do, great. Uh, <laughs> but no, seriously, if you're doing that and, and you're jumping on that thing, I, I told you where I got it from, Jocko, who's crazy and gets up at 4.30 every morning. I'm working my way there. I don't know if it's necessarily the – I don't know if that's my – not the move. <laughs> I don't know if that's the right point for me right now as I'm playing college basketball. Um, but, yeah, getting up at, you know, 6 o'clock in the morning, throw it on your IG story, tag me in it, uh, show me you're working, and try to stay consistent uh, because that's what separates good from the great. 
is when things get bad, you know, obviously work. When things are good, that's when you work even harder uh, and you continue to get up even on the days you don't feel like it, folks. Uh, get up, get after it, be nice to people. I love you and we will see you next week. Peace. I'm kind of tired of everyone wanting to be like us, Chloe. I mean, but we fire though. That's true. So if you want to check out the rest of the videos, they're right here. Heat. And you know you got to subscribe because you got to get fly like us. Got big on. You know?